Welcome back, everybody, to the Let's Get Wicked podcast, where we talk about nothing but the game Villainous. I still have to get used to not using Disney in front of the term. It's going to be weird for a few weeks. Um, I am joined by my wonderful friend here, Headmaster Ditto. Hello, Ditto. Hey, uh, howdy. I know you're exhausted, so I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Hope you're not too uh, tired. It is what it is. Do I need to tuck you in? Do I need to go get you some night-night milk? You know... That'd be really nice right about now. It's like hot cocoa or something. That'd be good. Yeah, I've been drinking a lot of tea. Um, oh, if it's like peppermint tea. Ooh. I've been, I've been drinking a lot of orange and cherry tea because I'm trying to cut mm -hmm. soda a little bit. That would work too. But, um, that, that, but yeah. That, that would do but it. anyway, besides Ditto, we have another friend, another returning face. We have Aaron joining us from our Ursula discussion. Hello, Aaron. How are you? Guys. How's, how's life? Everything treating you well? Yes. Um, I had a pretty good day. Long, but good day. Life is treating me well. You guys are making me feel like I had an easy day. <laughs> That's what, so all I had to do today was I had to go to a meeting at 2 o'clock that lasted an hour. And then I worked on nothing but uh, the show stuff for YouTube. And then I did have to work with the student for about 30 minutes towards the end of my day. But, um, man... Guys are making me feel like I have it easy. <laughs> Gotta start drinking. I had a rough tea. week last well, week, so I'm glad to have an easy day. Well, well, luckily I, for you uh, folks, we're gonna have a fun day. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of fun, guess what came out this week? Perfectly Wretched came out on <laughs> Sunday, March first, and that is what this show is going to be all about today. Us Let's go. I've been waiting. To so talk much about talking this stuff for so long. Um. <laughs> So before we preface this, I think one of the things I'm most excited to talk about with everyone here is that since I've had the set early, you folks have it in your hands now. So I really want you folks to do more of the talking, and then I'll kind of just like say my two cents as we go. Because I have a lot to say. I know Ditto has some things to say, and I'm actually excited to hear about. <laughs> Aaron, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun show. Um, okay. Yeah. Where do you folks want to start? Aaron. Uh, Overall impressions. Overall impressions. Let's start yeah. there. Um, yeah, you can go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> oh, I, that was my, I, I'm sorry, that was my first impression. Just never thought in a million years we'd get heat. Um, see on Mother Gothel, because I wasn't sure if they'd incorporate the, uh, the 3D animation but it looks great as just like painted artwork and uh cruella i mean was a shoe in i mean they teased it since the beginning but just three great villains i concur these are very good no villains doubt. to choose um as far as overall impressions for me um definitely a three out of three yeah on character quality here um like you said, Cruella, we all saw it coming since the very beginning. Uh, good to finally see the concept fleshed out and done so well, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Gothel, really kind of surprised she got she made the cut. Um, I kind of expected this one to not go into the 3D world, so uh, really cool to see something from a movie that I admittedly have not watched all the way through. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I hadn't made it through that one yet. Uh, and then Pete, I mean, he's Pete. 
I've been lobbying for a long time that if they were going to try to get like the original Disney shorts in that he's how to do it and they definitely did it. So three for three all around. They're all insanely fun. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say my quick two cents. I think the, the character choices are really good. Um, I think the, how they approach Pete was fantastic. Um, I think we can all concur that he's probably has some of the coolest art in the game. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I would also agree with ditto. This is definitely a three out of three or 10 out of 10, whatever you want to call it. This is by far the best three design characters in the game. Period. They are, they are what the vision I think of the game was wanting to be from the start. And if you were just to buy this game by itself, I think you would have a blast. No doubt. Uh, like, for me, Wicked to the Core was the other three out of three set for yeah. me. Uh, but 100%, this one has just struck every bell right. It's so good. Yep. Do you feel the same way, Aaron? Do you feel like this has struck every everything it needs to I do? I also agree with Ditto. Um, I thought Wicked to the Core was a, a three out of three, too. Um, and, and this one... Same way, same way. I have a, a tiny bit more trouble with Evil Comes Prepared, um, but this one I love. So far, I've had it three days, but I love it. Yeah. I got to ask, because I, um, when it comes to Evil Comes Prepared, I actually really enjoyed the set, but I know not everyone's on the same camp with it. Um, is it just the fact that all the villains are a little, like, challenging, per se, in terms of some of their stuff, or is it more uh, just, like, systems? I mean... For me, and I've talked about this a little bit whenever I get on Board Game Geek or the Discord, I do a lot of solo play, one versus one, and um, where I play both villains. Yeah. It's it's very weird. Uh, so I can't play Yzma very well. And um, every other villain I can. In this set, I wouldn't be able to play Pete very well, uh, but because there's only five gold tokens, you can tell by what Pete's doing that you can guess kind of what his goals are. So I don't feel so bad. And and I know I'm playing it wrong. I know I need to play with real life people. It's um, okay. But that that that's sort of my problem. And then with I mean, just the other one, Scar is a little too hard, and Radigan might be just a little too easy. But th those are my issues. I got you. Just with me personally. What about yourself, Ditto? Uh... Evil Comes Prepared is a weird one. Um, first off, it's three characters that I had not even imagined could ever conceivably be made to work in a game like this. Really? Uh, not Scar? No joke. Uh, like Scar, maybe. Okay. Scar, I could see. But Yzma never crossed my mind once. Uh, Radigan, I forgot that movie even existed until he showed up again. I didn't know it existed, so if that makes you feel better. Uh, but like they're fun but they each are just a little quirky to me i got like you. like like aaron said there's probably something i'm doing wrong with them but i haven't really ever gotten them to the point where they really feel right yet so i gotcha not not a bad set but uh i would probably re recommend perfectly wretched over it easy 
Yeah, I would too. I I I have a I have a soft spot for Evil Comes Prepared because I love Scar. So I I really enjoy Scar and Radigan a lot in that game. Um, I do I do think it is a little wonky compared to even this set now. Um, where if I were to recommend people to buy this game and buy some of the expansions, I would probably say get the base game first and either get Wicked to the Core or Perfectly Wretched. I would not recommend Evil Comes Prepared from the get-go. Um, even with how well, complicated this set is in terms of all the different systematic stuff, I don't know if I could recommend Yeah, I think it. I would probably recommend this one even over Wicked to the Core. Just because this one compared to Wicked... Uh, felt like a lot more variety and definitely felt like a bigger change compared to the base set. I got Because, like, the characters out of Wicked to the Core, I think, could have been included in the base set and it would have felt fine. Like, they just right. kind of yes. clicked right in. These new three right. uh, are so just from the very inception and the mechanics you have to go through feel far and away like an actual expansion on the concept of the game i gotcha yeah okay yes because of tokens and and all exactly. of that yeah because i mean even i'm not gonna say wicked to the core didn't have some new mechanics but it felt kind of safe in how it approached them i agree uh, right this one went all out towards making just the most off the wall stuff they could think of and it really shows Interesting. I like I like this perspective on it. Um, well, that's good. So we we like this set a lot, apparently. Um, <laughs> yes. Now with that, so I guess we'll start with uh, everybody's favorite character from the set. Who's everybody's favorite character? Ooh, after three days, um, favorite character. Putting you on the spot. Pick one. I have I have Gothel because I love the movie. Um, but Cruella's gameplay is so much fun, and Pete is just can't believe how fun he was. I didn't think he would be fun, but he is. So I can't even pick a favorite. What about Pete. you, Ditto? Far and away, Pete. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from, You're like no. Nope. From the moment, from the moment I heard uh, he was going to be in, I knew. You know, it was it was it was your time. Did, was did any of the be. characters playing them surprise you? How much you find them fun? Um, Cruella for sure. Um, uh, and I know uh, I'm kind of cheating a little bit, uh, taking some information that you kind of shared with us beforehand, as far as Cruella being a little on the clunky side. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually really surprised to find how smooth she actually is. She definitely has her problems and I'll get to that later. Yeah. But, uh, I'm amazed at how generally smooth she feels despite that. Like it's actually uh, a really challenging thing to try to walk up to, and I'm uh, I'm having fun with it. I think what makes Corella stand out to me the most is that prop. I I love satisfaction um, when I do perform actions in any type of game. I'm very into the feel of how things operate, and I don't think I've felt so good about like moving tokens around since I've played Root. And playing Corella, just working with the puppy tokens, it just feels so good. There, well, it, I mean, it's just feels. There's some satisfaction of putting the token out, then capturing the token, and using the activate actions to do so. I think Corella's got the best use of the activate action of all the characters in terms of just how it's actually implemented with her gameplay. Because um, right. you have yeah. like Ursula yeah. and Cru uh, not Corella, uh, Queen of Hearts, 
and to some extent the evil queen that used activate but it's more kind of like a like a side scheme type of thing um except for queen of hearts to some extent while here it feels like you are going all in you need to use those actions and it just feels right it does yeah i just it feels great there's just something more about playing cards and doing actions versus discarding. There, yeah. There's just something more fun about that. Yeah. I don't feel like with any of these characters, I'm even like doing any of the discard hunt stuff. Corella, you are doing right. it to an extent, but she's kind of built in the way where you can do that, but you always kind of have options to play something. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I really dig that about her. Um, because I think, can we all agree that this is probably the first set that doesn't have any of that weird uh, card hunting? Uh, like I mean, super you big? Mean, like you said, Cruella kind of does it. Uh, and Pete kind of does it. I guess Pete kind of does. Uh, Gothel, I have the least experience probably with. Probably the hairbrush. She, yeah, yeah, she seems like she's kind of fishing for that hairbrush a little bit. But, uh, but aside I mean, from that everything else is relatively playable you know if you get it at the i guess right time yeah i i just i like one of the things i've like you know even i was playing some scar and hades today and you know when i was playing hades i was like all right i'm gonna go discard some stuff gonna go to this location gonna go chuck some cards i don't really feel that way as hard with any of these characters so far as I played. Now, not granted, really. I have not played them still a huge big chunk, but I probably have still played it more than most people. And mm. just from first like glance, Corolla is the only one that you really get that way with, but she has tools to like instantly get what she needs. Because guess what she needs? Horace and Jasper. She has two cards that allow her to literally dig those cards out and play them. On top of that, she has the phone. So when they do go away in the discard pile, you can just snag them right back. Uh, there's none of this weird, like, all right, I'm digging for it. And then, oh, I found it. You know, it's like an instantaneous, like I have the card I need, um, which I think is yeah, super helpful. Yeah. Which is well, what a, I think a lot like sets Cruella apart from Jafar or Ursula or Hades or any of these other like super dig heavy characters is the idea kind of like y'all said before, like she can do stuff with the cards that she would be discarding. But like, not only that, but she can actually be progressing towards her goal with those cards. Right. Cause it's not like Ursula where, I mean, you kind of want to be chucking contracts. You don't want, yeah. um, with Corella, like she's got ways to put puppies on the board. She's got ways to capture puppies, uh, even without Jasper and Horace. So like, even the cards that she would be discarding, like she can still potentially be winning the game just on that. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. You know what I call Which that, is... guys? You know what I call that? There's this wonderful little word that starts with an O. You know what that's options. called? It's called options. <laughs> options. It's a theme. It's yeah. like an ongoing theme with everything that we're that I keep talking about with this game. Options. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, because like, because. We can kind of all agree that so like with each of the sets, people are like, all right, Hades is kind of like the 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 hard one to play with in Evil or or Wicked of the Core. Scar is the hard one to play, and Evil comes prepared. Corella is probably the hard one to play in this set. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, debate. It's up to debate right now. Um, I would say so at least. Um, but guess what? Corella has ways to do things, 
and you never feel like you're really stuck with her. You always have something to do that's going to benefit you down the road um, because of the way that her, her deck was put together. And I think that's super awesome. And on top of that, her location stuff is also proving the fact that they're willing to give a player or a character five actions at one location and not reduce any at the other ones. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say not reduce any of the other ones because there is one little detail about Cruella. Uh, Go for it. I, I hate that her realm doesn't have a two power spot anywhere. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> I hate that so much. It's rough. Because like even any other characters that have a location like Ratcliffe House that doesn't actually have a gain power at all, all of them have a three, a two, and a one. Yeah. So right. the fact that, and not only do they have that, but they also usually have another card that helps them gain power. Um, Corella has she that by look for furs. But if you're doing your job in capturing puppies consistently, I mean, the number you're actually going to have on the board to take advantage of can be kind of low sometimes. Uh, so that one's a little situational at best. Um, and not only that, like her realm is super packed in terms of the actions that she needs to be able to take just because she relies on that activate so much. Yeah. Um, the queen of hearts, I think is the only other character that has that many different things to try to do between moving everything around and activating them and making sure you can still play. Like, I understand why they have that fifth spot at Hell Hall, but I really wish they could have stuck a two-power in there somewhere because just that one little step up would help her a lot, I think. I think the big thing with her, though, is that a lot of her cards are very cheap. The only ones that are expensive are her allies because it's the, was it, Jasper's three, Horus's two. Yeah. And then I'm trying to remember, there's something else that caught. No, it's Bond paid for. Bond paid for is the only other one. Um, uh, but. On top, well, the thing about that is, though, um, she only has a couple free cards. I, uh, I everything in her deck, for the most part, has a power cost on it, and that stacks up. It does. Over time. Yeah. I think uh, then I the think point live... is to really utilize your, your Furs card. And um, maybe that one that can bring the first card out, I think it's the one with Nanny on it, like the Devil Take It the or devil something. Devil Take It, yeah. yeah. Um, so. I think so, but like I said, I Live for First can be kind of situational, especially like early game, it's going to be hard to play because you're still trying to get your tools out to actually put the puppies on the board. Right. Late game, it's going to be situational because you probably want most of those puppies captured at that point. Like, there's a little window in between where you do have enough puppies to make it work, but eh, I don't know. It's right. one of those I things think, where it, it's kind of up think there that's why with, would... uh, uh, what's it called? I rule in Hades. Yeah. Where it's power ramp card. Yes. But eh, yeah, there's other things you could be doing, I guess. I think she'd really yeah. rather have that one extra passive power than. Without having played it enough, I can't tell for sure, but I I think furs uh, I live for furs is is a pretty powerful card. But I I get all your points. I I get yeah. it. I I so this is my thought on I live for furs. I. So Corella is a weird character because I think she's probably out of all the characters the most power starved. 
and yeah. and it's not just because of the act of the the fact that she doesn't have a two power place. It's also the fact that a lot of the cards she always needs to play cost one. Then she, in order to activate Jasper, she has to spend one. If she wants to activate yeah. the telephone, she has to spend one. Yep. She, if she, uh -huh. even when one of the items gets discarded by fate or if an ally goes away or whatnot, guess what? She has to spend one to get it back in her hand and then spend it again, basically making it cost two to put it back out into play. And all of those mm -hmm. cards have uses towards her goal that you want to use to, um, like to keep moving. Like, um, I, there's been plenty of times I played with her where what will happen is I'll put the fireplace poker stick onto one of my allies, defeat a hero, stick goes away instantly play the devil take it put the uh, the um, that card back in my hand and then play it so that's like two that's two power i just spent you know and not really advancing towards my goal but even just to put one item back out on the board and that's with anything too if you got rid of the car or if you got rid of maybe early game you've got flashlights that got discarded if you got rid of the phone of all things um which would really suck with other with other villains, don't they have more allies that are about one or two cost? Yeah, you know, that, that's kind of the trade-off is especially the ally-heavy decks uh, tend to be cheaper allies minus Scar, I think. Well, no, Scar, every single two. one of his allies cost two. Every single one of them. Hmm. Yeah. The only um, way you reduce the power of any of them is if you have Ed out there and it's only towards hyenas. So. But, like, I, I definitely agree that Cruella's up there as far as the power-starving situation, uh, just based on personal experience. Yeah. But I, I really think if she had that one extra passive power at, like, the milk farm, uh, I think that would work a lot of wonders. See, I found... So there's there's two things I found with Cruella, is that she is power-starved, but I have found that when if you get I Live for Furs early game or even late game when you have puppies on the board and you need to make sure that you have power, it is worth playing that card because what will happen is that if you have a puppy at every single location, that is four power that you are getting right immediately into your hand. And if you could play it twice within like a turn or two, you have a crap load of power that is definitely not going away anytime soon. And I've uh, had and that, that happen a lot. Um, Stockpile is nice for sure. Yeah. I think uh, but, that might be the strategy you know get horace and the flashlight out and and fill the board live for live for furs and then get jasper and and roadster to capture them up yeah i i, I do yeah, yeah once you get that, that power point. you you have basically unlimited funds to do everything because everything doesn't cost a lot and as long as you're not necessarily like doing a lot of recycling she the power stuff goes away. I remember I was playing against my girlfriend a few weeks ago when I was playing with uh, Corella against her. And I literally had like at one point, like five turns in a row where I had like eight or 10 power, but it took some effort to get there though. Cause I've also been on the, uh, the opposite side of the spectrum where it was like, well, I have no money. I can't play anything. I'm at a location where I could play something, but I literally cannot play anything. This sucks. Yeah. That, um, that's what I'd be afraid. Cause the other side of the coin is, uh, especially if she's getting faded pretty regularly and there's actually some heroes out on the board. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like she does not want to be spending her play actions making money when she could be spending them getting an effect back or, you know, getting a second activate in for the turn or, you know, something like that that's a little more substantial, I think, than 
just playing an island for first yeah if that i makes wouldn't sense. i wouldn't be doing it maybe like as your first like obviously like super early in the game you want to try to get your engine set up a smidge but i would definitely like if you get a lot of puppies out on the board at one point and you can play the card play the card i mean i definitely think the card has its uses i just yeah it seems a little more situational than just having a little passive power on the side yeah it's not like because like with i uh, rule with that may Hades, just be me you can like you're going to be killing stuff so you're going to be putting out allies or possibly titans back in your discard pile so i rule by default will like have some type of effect at some point during the game this one is more of a setup there's a lot more yeah. setup with this one and um, you have to realize that i mean even maleficent can be power starved if she doesn't get the raven you know like i think all of the villains have that spectrum of problems versus oh wow everything's going right um it's just the nature i think it's just the nature of this game i was definitely power starved with yeah, scar earlier today that was not fun <laughs> probably something because uh, i have pretty bad luck in this game anyway so <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, I, I think it's all those times <laughs> I stomped your Hades with Scar that you're just like, I've accepted my fate. Literally. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But uh, overall, thoughts on Corella. I guess that we, we we went right into the Corella talk. So we, we enjoy her so. for the most part. Uh Oh, yeah. Uh, she, like, oh, yeah. She, she feels buttery smooth to play. Um, <laughs> one thing that kind of defines this set as like a sub-theme, because there's actually a lot of those now. Yes. Um, is how mechanically intensive these characters are. Oh, and I yeah. think the way they decided to make Cruella super technical with having to play the puppies and not really being able to move the puppies around, you have to kind of move around them. Yeah. Uh, is really satisfying if you can line up some of these big, you know, two or three turn, hey, I suddenly have four puppies now. Yeah. Uh, kind of plays. Like, that can be some really satisfying stuff. It feels really good when you For pull sure. it off. Um, my only other thing, and this kind of goes back to the realm, is I think Cruella is definitely up there as the characters that can kind of uh, ignore heroes to a certain extent uh, for reasons that are like... Well, well like once a lot of the, her heroes have been played, like a lot of them are either on play effects that you can work around like the Colonel or Sergeant Tibbs or whatever. Uh, Pongo is annoying. Uh, Anita and Roger is a little annoying, but those are really the only two. The rest of them, for the most part, if you pile them up in one place, they don't hurt that much. Uh, but the fact that Cruella can have both her activates covered uh, and very limited ways to like work around that. That hurts. That's that hurts. And both of her her move item and ally also. Yeah, that too. Like both. Yeah. Both sets of those can be covered up, and think, there's not I a lot the clogging, to do with that. Yeah. Part. I think um, the clogging is one of her biggest problems with the with the heroes. Yeah. Not that their effects well, are bad, but the clogging. She, she has enough resources that if you want, you could say pick the milk farm. And just slowly funnel all the heroes towards that. Because that's something that she can sort of do with the uh, uh, the devil woman. Yeah. And oh, like right. if you're having yeah. so much trouble with the heroes that you're not really doing much else anyway, uh, using the devil ticket to pull those devil womans back and just funneling them all towards the milk farm, you can ignore a lot of heroes that way. And that opens up both of the activate and move actions again. 
Uh, but right. man, if you're playing against somebody who is really aggressive and you just get all the heroes co- come out, like, it's rough. Because, like, that's the other thing, now that I think about it, is once all of the heroes are out of her fate deck, um, yep. Flew the Coop, Twilight Bark. Yep. Uh, what's the other one? Labradors? Yeah, Labradors. That Labradors. hurts. Getting down to just the effects in Cruella's deck hurts really bad. You want to get um, you want you I, want to kill things very fast with her, um, which sucks because her one of her biggest because she really doesn't have yeah she doesn't she have the way to kill things because she has to, kill to defeat stuff with the allies she has to use to capture. Yeah, like she rough. she does not want to be losing allies, and honestly, to me, she doesn't want to be spending energy trying to find and play the pokers over trying to get the rest of the engine going. Yeah. So it's, it's really, 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 really painful. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a very like um, balancing act situation where you're like, all right, do I want to spend my resources to kill something or do I want to attempt to try to capture more puppies? And sometimes I mean, you might get blocked in order to even do that she, by the heroes. Like, like I, I think she can power through it. But, oh boy. To some extent she can, but there, there is a point she gets down to the wire where once she has a lot of her locations covered, even if it's not something that's super beneficial to her, because um, the only spot really that doesn't benefit her on the top that much is the milk farm. But all the, the exactly. other three are really important for her. Um, it's she, she, she definitely needs those spots. But I do agree. I don't think the heroes are as bad on her as as you think, but it's it's more the fact that they're covering the actions. That's, yeah, that's without a doubt. And once you, like I said, once you get all the heroes out and it's down to just the effects, that that is awful. Yeah, that's brutal. It's awful. Don't ever let it happen. It happened to me once. Yeah, it's like that's almost that's almost scar levels of just complete shutdown at that point. I, it hurts. Anyway, enough about hurting. Let's talk about somebody new. <laughs> um, so let I want to talk about Gothel because. Gothel has incredibly grown on me ever since I started playing this set. So, like, I originally told everybody that Gothel was probably my least looked forward to character in the set just because I'm not super attached to Tangled. Um, I'm not, like, I do think it's a great movie. I just, I'm not attached to the character. I do think she'd be a great villain for this game. But then when I started playing the character, up there, right next to Dr. Vasilier, like like I've said on a show before, one of the best designed, if not the best designed character in the game, and one of the most fun characters to play in this game. I also think she's, she's really good. up on you. Yes. I, I, am, I am overwhelmingly surprised how much I have, this character has grown on me. Um, she is incredibly fun. I think overall, how I would describe her, and I know we've had, there's some talks about this in the opposite spectrum, but I do think she's a better designed version of Prince John, where she has a lot of strategy built into her, trying to basically build a currency um, that she can lose in different ways. Um, I think the Fate deck is not brutal against her, but I think it's perfectly designed for how her goal is trying to be accomplished. Uh, I like the fact that you have this move, like you're constantly having this character moving and covering stuff, um, but it's also the way that you kind of gain your currency that you need to win. Um, and the fact that they were willing to be like, let's not do anything super stupid with the board. Let's literally make it so there's two locations that have three um, actions on the bottom, one action at the top. So 
we go back to my whole conversation about options. Um, mm, yeah, definitely. That's where, that's where I'll stop. I'll let you. I'll let you folks go. But I think Gothel is one of the best characters overall designed of this game. Period. Just she does seem to have a kind of um, kind of flow or something. Uh, again, I haven't played that many games, but I do like all of her cards and uh, and how how she interacts with this constant hero on the board. I also got to say that her art is also up there for some of the best in the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, now like looking too. at it more like, cause it's, it, it does, it's not off putting at all because you know, it's from a 3d movie, but when you look at it, it just kind of goes back to what I tell people about like how Disney art will like, when you look at a Disney like film or whatever, it just, you know, that's Disney. Like even knowing that none of this is 3d generated on the cards, it just it just shows that the art style that they chose for the movie, as well as what they chose for the artwork for this game, absolutely fantastic. I I no, for sure. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Gothel Ditto? All right. So I'm going to preface this whole thing by saying, out of the three, Gothel's probably the one I have the least personal experience with so far. Okay. Um. So this is mostly flavored just by playing against her and watching her in action. Um, I would contend that Gothel feels like she's kind of power starved too. A lot of times. Yeah. Uh, Because what she seems like to me is the way the cards are laid out. You kind of want to be comboing her cards together as best you can. Yes. Uh, As far as like, okay, let's put Rapunzel where we want her. And now let's gain some trust on it. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. like there's never really a turn that goes by where you don't want to play two cards. And that's why I am kind of grateful that they gave her two locations that do have two plays. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, right. Because exactly. you always have somewhere that you can go back to. Uh, but that's an expensive strategy to go through constantly trying to combo that and move around Rapunzel and have to worry about, okay, let's see if we can get a writer out or let's see if we can get one of the Stabbingtons out. Or like that that stacks up a lot too. Um and the counterpoint is you get two bottom row, like three power and two power. And so you're like, okay, this is where I want to go, and I can play lots of cards. And then all of a sudden you look over at your opponent and like, wait, what did you been doing? I've only got like two or three trusts so far, you know, maybe even six, and they're almost done because you avoided the other places with the fates. Um you can get kind of one tracked, I think, with her. Pro- probably so. And again, that kind of goes back to her really kind of feeling combo heavy. Is huh. in order to really make any trust, you've got to be making those power plays. And the last thing you want to do is have to take a turn to go to the tower and fate somebody when Rapunzel could be schmoozing it up in Corona for who knows how long at that point. Right. So. Like. I. So- I feel like I avoid Corona a lot, um, but I still go to Rapunzel's Tower quite a bit because of the move item al- ally action. Um, but I, yes. that location. I mostly feel that I leave, I leave Corona alone. This is what I'm going to have to say about her locations and the combo and stuff because I've played a lot of Gothel now at this point because Gothel is Gothel. Um <laughs> Was it so? I agree on the Corona space. So, like the one the sidetrack thing, um, you kind of forget to fate, 
and Corona definitely is probably the location I go to the least because overall it is the 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 weakest space in terms of like trying to actually go towards your goal. Um, it doesn't really offer a lot. It does have a discard spot, um, but even then with the discard spot, you can't that can get covered up because um, yeah. I believe it is on the top. Um, yeah, yes. I'm looking I'm, at I'm it. Looking it's at on it. the top. Yeah, it's on the top. Um, now the tower though. The tower is actually, I would think, probably her best space. Um, the reason for that is that the cards that are given to her in her deck, they are all unique, but the way that all these cards kind of interact with each other make it so... This goes into what I talk about on the Discord about how she has these like four, five trust turns that she can pull off that just make you want to cry yourself to sleep at when you're going up <laughs> against her. Where literally, if you play your cards right, let's say you got the brush out there. Move the brush. Move it to Rapunzel's location. Gain a trust. Then um, what you can do is make sure that you already have it set up where you have like the crown and the knife at a location. You can defeat Rapunzel, you know, um, with that. And then she goes back over. That's like two trusts right there. So that's three trusts. Then let's say um, you still have the card play. You know, you could play the card. Let's say you got some allies at another location. You could play Revenge. Gain a trust. It's not going to be Rapunzel. There you go. You are stacking up trust like no other. And on top of that, if I didn't play Revenge, I could, in theory, play... Um, what is it? Is it Mother Knows Best or I Love You? I think... No, it's I Love You Most. Love, love you, you Most. Yeah, I Love You Most. And then you net yourself two. And that's not even counting the fact that if you had Flynn Rider out, if you wanted to defeat Flynn Rider instead, even though you lost two, you're going to gain two back. And if you didn't have two to begin with, you're going to lose two, and you're going to net gain trust off of that. So she has lots of little combos that she can do just at that location. And on top of that, her other locations allow her to do some of the same shenanigans too. Uh, I do a lot of misdirections where literally I push her forward, gain a trust, and then I find a way to like push her back or move the brush over. Uh, there's lots of combo things. And the nice thing about comboing with her compared to someone like Hades is that her combos really rely on moving cards around. It's not really relying off a lot of card plays. It, it Or not even moving cards around, it's just actions in general. Because you have to set up your board state a little bit, but then you either move or vanquish whatever. You don't really have to play a lot of cards. Yeah. Um, you still, like, you I, still I need feel to like play I need, the cards to do it, but still. I think I feel like I need a little more experience with it to really like figure some of those out. Um I don't know. Like I can see how the tower is really good because, it, like you said, it does kind of offer everything uh, that she wants. Yeah, I'm looking at Corona and I'm not seeing any situation that you'd want to go there, like at all. No, it would. It's got the discard, but kind of the same thing as Corella again. Uh, what would you be discarding? And I believe what is it? Corona has the fate spot at the bottom. So the only benefit for going to Corona is that if for some reason you have the top part of the tower with no fate icon on it. Or it's covered, and you need to fate for whatever reason, or you need to try to do something about that. You're gonna go I to mean, Corona. The only, only situation that that I think would reasonably happen is if you decided to play Egomania. Yeah. On someone else's turn, because I I don't know that there'd be a lot of heroes dropped over there necessarily. Yeah, I think some might if they want to make sure that the fate thing uh fate action is covered um 
I I need to play her more often. Also, yeah, um, Pascal for sure. You don't want over there for obvious reasons. Uh, Maximus is going to be played wherever the writers are. So I mean, the what, Flynn I could see being played over there. Uh, the King and Queen I can see played over there. Pascal the rest at them, the tower is, eh. is brutal, though. I'll tell you that much. What would that do? I haven't experienced it yet, but that would just you vanquish her uh, or move her to the tower in some way, and she immediately moves. Yeah, she gets to, um, She moves forward one, so it basically makes it so she can't be played at the tower. Like, let's say if you're trying to pull off like I love you most at the tower with Pascal uh-huh. in the tower, there'd be no way you can ever do it because as soon as she gets moved there, she gets pushed forward one. Um, okay, yeah, yeah I, I haven't experienced it yet, but that makes sense yeah. why him at the tower is bad. I get it now. The heroes aren't in her, in her fate deck, aren't, I would say, super brutal because she has tons of allies because she has so many royal guards, it's unnecessary. Um, and the, since a lot of her heroes um, are like, they're two, three, or four, um, none of them are five strength, you can easily defeat them with either two royal guards maybe a royal rider or royal rider and a guard and then all the stabbingtons can defeat anybody um right. regardless of what the, what strength they have because there is only one card in here that grants strength and it's the the frying pan which is absolutely hilarious where it's it's only one <laughs> i think it's hilarious um but even then it's it should like should be plus 3 you guys i mean that movie is hilarious or plus 4 i mean <laughs> that frying pan oh yeah i wonder. thought i honestly thought it would be plus 2 but they're like nope plus 1 and i'm like all right they're <laughs> screwing with their heads um but but yeah i um i think mother gothel's really good um she has lots of cool combo plays i think she's actually more combo um like i consider hades a very combo like character uh, I think she's more combo heavy than Hades in the fun way, um, not the depressing way. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's what makes her lots of fun. And I'm, as we know, I'm a fighting game guy. So I love my combos and all the stuff that I do. So the, the fact that I can do this combo shenanigans with uh, Mother Gothel is probably why I enjoy her so much. I might end up actually liking her more than Facilier as I play her more, but we'll have to we'll have to kind of let time tell on yeah. that one because I've also Ooh, grown a lot on Scar. Um, just yeah. playing him more. Yeah, I'll need a few more games on Gothel to really solidify some of this, because most of it's just what I've seen. And eh. I mean, I can see how she could be good, but at the same time, she feels like she could be shut down pretty quick if you're not careful. I'll tell you yeah. one thing, though. I thought Egomania was going to be bonkers good. If you play against any of the original characters, it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the trigger for Egomania, that's not the... Move ally. That is the move ally or item. That is the move yeah. ally. That is the move it ally is. or item one. Huh. I thought yeah. it was the other one. No, no, that's what um, that is. I mean, it seems like Gothel wants to be able to put Rapunzel in the tower on her turn sometimes, but for the most part, it seems like you kind of don't want her there. Right. I think like you if do. If you can keep Rapunzel in limbo between the snuggly duckling in the forest she's only blocking one action instead of two uh she's still not at corona so she's not actually actively hurting you by being there uh your royal guards which is the main way you're kind of controlling where she is can keep her there a lot easier than trying to move her all the way back to the tower um and it is a hilarious echo to what i know about the movie 
and just giving her that little bit of leeway there uh, in the middle, which is kind of cool. Yeah, which I, I enjoy that a lot, too. I think that's really clever. Um, you have to be careful with egomania. I do have one experience where I played it and moved her to the tower. Okay, all good. I go to the tower. I'm all prepared to, um, you know, play let down your hair or, you know, I love you most and fade my opponent back or, or move the hairbrush or something yeah. like that. I'm like, Oh my God, I covered up my, you know, I've I think I had a chance too. to vanquish her instead, you know? And I was yeah. like, Oh no, I, I can play egomania. And so egomania is more of a defense careful. tool. It's not really meant for you to try to progress with, uh, with that. Um, because yeah, I agree now. Yeah, Definitely. you can't. You you really you really shouldn't be trying to use that to progress towards your goal. Um, you it's more of like she's almost she's at Corona or almost going to move to Corona, and you need to move her back, and you don't want to spend money to do it. Um, which is, which is uh, sometimes what you need to do. Um, but, but yeah, um, it sucks. I've done that to myself when I was first learning the character, and I was like, oh, I wanted to move her back, and then I'm like, I can't move the hairbrush to her on my next turn. Exactly. The same thing happened to me. And can I also tell you how awesome the hairbrush is? The hairbrush is like the most OP card in the entire game. It's so great. It really is. It's it's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, the, and the hairbrush is the reason I feel like Gothel has a little bit of the discard. Right, I was going to say her. that about Corona. Yeah. Uh, just because you kind of have to have that hairbrush as quick as humanly possible. Yeah. Uh, I don't. But, so I think when in my experience playing her, if you don't have the hairbrush out right away, as long as you're somewhat playing a little defensive, but then playing a little offensive by either doing some misdirections or some vanquishes on, because you have to understand too that the the crown and the knife work against Rapunzel. Now, revenge does not work against Rapunzel to gain you trust, but you can still vanquish Rapunzel using those resources to get to. Uh, gain trust through it and then you have to also have to remember that based off your position if you're at a location where rapunzel is and you play i love you most you can gain trust that way too you're and you're not losing a lot of trust with her either because as long as she's not at corona her fate deck is not really brutal against the trust thing the most she can ever lose from any fate card is two and that's one card in the entire set of her fate stuff and the rest of the cards are just minus one um anyone that makes you lose minus one that's that's it it's not it's not like Prince John, where you can get like a bunch of characters with um, steal from the rich with four money on it, you know, and just kind of like screw you over for a bit. She she can get by a little a, a little bit with uh, losing one trust. It's not horrible. But I almost feel like the floating lights should have had a little bit more to it. it because uh... moving Rapunzel to Corona is a bit of a problem. But Gothel has enough resources to be able to move her out of Corona before she actually starts counting against her. That I don't know. I feel like that one's not as impactful as it it's. It's it's tough because the thing is, even when you move her to Corona, she has lots of options to either play a Royal Guard and move her back. She could play exactly. Stabbington, like, but playing a Stabbington at Corona lights. is pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. You're not gonna be playing heroes at Corona. So putting a Stabbington at Corona is kind of a disadvantage to yourself unless you plan on vanquishing Rapunzel at Corona when she gets moved there. That'd be like the only advantage to doing that. Yeah, so I feel like Floating Lights could have had a little bit more to it. Uh, Not every Fate card needs to be, you know, 
ridiculously. I mean, there's King Hubert. <laughs> we we, we need more aerial cards. That's what I want. I want more aerial, and I want <laughs> I want ten copies of Akuna Matata in Scarf's deck. That's what I want. Well, I mean, it's like Scar has all these uber brutal fake cards, and Hades has a bunch of uber brutal fake cards, and Gothel has got. Okay, uh, move her there, and oh, by the way, you can just move her back. Like, where's the, where's the detriment there? Like, I think that the issue is, is that like you want to try to make it because like you you have to understand that misdirection can't work if she's at Corona. Um, you have to spend three power to play a boy, a Stabbington boy. You having her mm -hmm. at Corona means that if you have a royal guard, you have to play a royal guard at Corona, and then move the, the Royal Guard back to, I forget what the location is that you that's to the left of Corona. Uh, but forest. Yeah, the forest. But then immediately at the end of the turn, she's just going to move back to Corona. So you're still back at the same situation. So if, 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 you're, moving a, if you're moving a guard, you're not moving the hairbrush. Right. Um, so when she's at Corona, even if you're not losing trust, you're at, you're at a weird standstill where you really can't gain trust. That's the biggest right. thing with Corona. I don't even think it's the fact that you lose trust at the end of the turn if she's there. It's more the fact that, oh, I mean, I can't do anything. Right. I can't progress. You could kill her and using with the the items to get trust that way, but even then, um, I don't find that super effective. Um, well, that's just my opinion. I played the uh, I played the the crap out of her. Um, I mean, we'll have to play I some more. Conceive, yeah. we definitely do because I need to see this. But I could conceive of a way where you could take advantage of now I'm the bad guy a little bit. Oh yeah, there that. is. There is definitely some advantages of playing. Um, because like she's at Corona, you say spend one on the rider or the uh the Royal Guard and pull her back. Right. And then if you're well. If you're at the Snuggly Duckling, that's the one with the moving moving item. So you could potentially uh, set up with the oh, Royal Guard, and now I'm the bad guy, huh? I don't think Snuggly Duckling has the move. No, item. it has the discard. It not? It's yeah. discard. Okay, yeah, it's discard. I don't know why. The I Forest thought is the one that has the move item. Move either. Yeah. Uh, but like you could combo now I'm the bad guy with the hairbrush and maybe not alleviate the cost on. Losing the trust, but at the very least, get her out of the way. I, I found that I am the bad guy is really good in the late game, but the early game it's kind of eh. Um, because the thing is, yeah. even if you pull her back to the tower, you have to remember that a lot of your trust turns, you're going to be gaining like two trust at the very least. You really aren't going to be trying to be doing a lot of turns where you're gaining just one trust unless it's like the only option you have. Um, I found that it's really useful because you move her back, you can instantly play, if you can, um, a misdirection to move her forward. If you can move the brush, move the brush to Rapunzel's location, so you gain two trusts. So even though you lost one, you're gaining two. Um, there's all sorts of little tricks that she has that even if you have to pull a I am the bad guy, you can you can, you can can definitely make it back and still net, net plus um, with uh, right. Gothel. Um but overall, definitely both of you need to play her more if you haven't played her more. She's absolutely... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just I haven't had a whole lot of opportunities to. Yeah. Uh, so. I know you've had a lot of opportunities to play with that. one character, though. His name is Pete. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Talk about Pete. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Oh, yeah. Ditto, I want you to talk about Pete because I'm going to say my two cents about Pete and you're probably not going to like it. <laughs> all right. 
I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Go. Um, Pete. P- Pete's an interesting situation because he kind of takes the idea of wanting to win as fast as possible to the complete extreme. Oh yeah. Uh, I've kind of been throwing around the idea that Pete really wants to win before he has to shuffle. Uh, and I still stand by that. Um, he, he, but just because here, here's the thing, the goals are basically set up to where you're going to be playing all of your allies really early, uh, to fill those goals. But the problem with that is once those allies are played, Pete doesn't have a really easy way of recycling them to then go back and use them again to, uh, to fi- figure out other things. Uh, the biggest problem that I have had with Pete so far is I do these really cool bandit pl- power plays to do the uh, six in a turn and the ten or more strength at that location really easy. Like those two you can hit within three turns if you're careful. Um Win big with play a game. That one's not that hard. We don't talk about that one. Uh, that one, that one uh, <laughs> is pretty easy if you're if you get it early. That's I have so much salt can, about that card. If, if you can hit it early, that one's not too bad. Uh, I'm because a little less luck with win big and play a well, game. But... Yeah, uh, it, it just boils Isn't down to how luck? early you try to do it. Because yeah. if you try to do yeah. it while there's still bandits in the deck, you almost can't lose. If you right. try to do it later when all of your bandits are played, you almost can't win. Right. Um, which is it's like everything Pete does, he wants to do as early as possible. And that really, really hurts when you get down to that last one. Um, the one that it usually ends up being for me is the pile up all the items at this location. Because by then, I will have probably already used all the horses. Uh, so it's just a slow slog to kind of nudge the them parrot. into the right spot. The parrots are nice, but again, uh, parrots are only good for stuff that end up in the discard pile. Yeah, that's what um, I'm saying. If you're if you find your items are in the discard pile, I mean that's not a pro- like that I can deal with. But it's the fact that you have to play the item to a specific location and then slowly nudge it over to where you actually need it to be. Um, if you've already played your horses to, for example, uh, move one of the items anyway, or maybe maneuver an ally into position, um, then all of a sudden you're at horses. Um, or you got them discarded by play a game. That too. Uh, like There's ways around it, but at the same time, once you get down to that last goal, I feel like it, that's the point that you just always kind of get caught up on. Yeah, and especially um, depending on where you put your items for that, it can, like, it depends on how fast you want to move, but it also depends on the the goal's location, because then it's yeah, possible that, that when you're trying too. to put stuff out there, like, I was thinking in my head that depend, if it was at a corner, the least amount of move actions, just the raw move action itself, you would have to take is three, um, yeah. which is still a lot. That's three turns worth of move actions you have to use. And I know Steamboat Willie gives you a move action with it, but even that, um, let's say you play Steamboat Willie at its location. I believe its location doesn't have a move action. Um, what, and that doesn't even get into, like, Clarabelle and Goofy. Yeah. Uh, oh, with God. the token shenanigans or, like, Horus. 
Uh, so it's like he's challenging, but a fun challenge and a good challenge. But I have never been more validated in this game than the one time, and I can't remember when it happened, but I'm pretty sure I managed to get three goals all done at the same time. Oh, wow. No way. I got the 10 strength goal. I got the having the allies at each location goal, and I won the game. Oh, wow. All within like a turn of each other. Oh, wow. Uh, but the, my last goal in that game was moving the items around, and uh, that I had already kind of played my hand out at that point. Uh, so I really got tripped up there. Um, but yeah, uh, really, really love Pete. Um, I said this when we first talked about Perfectly Wretched back in like episode four or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Long time but ago. The mini, the mini game style thing that they've done with Pete is like just reminds me 100% of oh, Hearts, the yeah. Timeless River in Kingdom yeah. Hearts. It is very kind of Kingdom uh, Hearts. Where it had was the same thing. And the fact that that's how they went about doing it just makes me so happy. <laughs> I, I, it definitely bleeds of Kingdom Hearts all over it when I when you're playing it. It reminds me of it too. I consider this the Kingdom Hearts it's, canon deck. It's so good. <laughs> what is it? Before I go um, off on my tangent, Aaron, what do you have to say about Pete? I have to say. Um... Every time I preface this, I haven't played very much, but okay. I find him very fun. I I do find, again, that you kind of get sucked into the outer locations and like you just you just love those power locations. And um, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, uh, Gothel's got like eight trust. What do I do now? You know, um, so yeah, there's... That, that is one nitpick I do have about Pete is that his deck is ridiculously expensive. Yeah, uh, it is. It's pretty expensive. You gotta got to build up some power and then do your then do your play. Three cost on each of the items. You've got three cost on airstrike. You've got seven two cost bandits. Uh, not even talking about the horses and stuff. So I mean, he's got a lot of really power hungry cards. And playing to, a game in order to make play a game kind of yeah. like coin flip early and in the game. To be fair, uh, play playing the game enough times to use it and to ramp up a little bit does help. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I've thought about that too. Even if he, you don't have the win big goal, go yeah, ahead and play. He, play he a doesn't game. mind playing the game and discarding an item or two. Um, I, but the, it, it all goes back to Pete has really limited ability once he actually plays something. Like, he has to commit 100%. Um, yeah, and that's what yeah, makes Goofy... Like, we had a game where Goofy switched two, two tokens. One was the Roundup, and the other was the Strike at Rich. Yeah. Um, my husband had everything set. He had his, his allies at one place and his items right next to it. Goofy came out and switched them. And he's like... Okay, so I have like two or three turns to move everything back, you know? Yeah, like that's um, absolutely uh, crippling. Uh, the best you can hope for is to just finish the first couple goals as fast as you can, and hopefully Goofy won't completely ruin you later. Right, oh, right. Um, 
I heard a tip from somebody. Don't um, try to try to finish a goal um, all the way completely instead of working on multiple goals because nothing yeah, can sure. take a goal from being completed. 100%. But at the same time, uh, like especially with the ally centric goals because there's only five so you're likely to get both of the ally goals yeah uh, those two you can build towards at the same time and probably get away with it uh i feel like yeah. the other one's kind of and i was this was something i was worried about from the very beginning uh they all telegraph themselves really badly so like yeah. you know if they're moving an item somewhere and there's a token there there's a good chance uh that that's what that goal is um, yeah, that's so that it, is something. It's but it's weird just, to me too because you have like Goofy and Clarabelle that are all about like goal manipulation, and it's like super clear. Like when Ditto and I were playing last night, as soon as I started playing a game a bunch of times at one location, it's stupid obvious that I'm trying to play yeah. a game there, you know. Um, right. And then the same thing with like all the allies. When you're like spreading your allies across all the locations, guess what? They have a goal that has something to do with the allies. The only one I think you can kind of like screw around with a little bit is the al the the ten strength allies and the items one, because I actually in a game that I was playing with somebody in the flesh, they completely hoaxed us on their item location, and they made it so when Goofy flipped the the tokens around, it actually benefited them. Um, no way. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That is some galaxy brain play right there. Yeah. Like, it, it was like one location away, but they had it so like all three locations were at one location, but it was the uh -huh. wrong one. And oh, they were probably going to start moving the locations around, but they were like, all right, you know, regardless of where Goofy gets played, they're going to have to figure out where I have that token. Because I think at that point, they had two or three tokens still out on the board. Right. So, and even with Clarabelle, oh, all Clarabelle is doing is not only blocking actions, she is revealing a token. So you can kind of, as the fading player, kind of understand where to put stuff. Um, so, it's very, it's very interesting to see where Pete goes in this meta. Um, um, I think he needs definitely some more plays, but I think there's some interesting tricks you sure. can probably do as the Pete player. Um, but I, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit of an outlier here, uh, thinking that Pete's actually still going to be pretty good in the meta. Oh, I think um, he will too. Um, just the sheer fact that, like I mentioned earlier, you can combo these goals together and clear so many of them out so quickly. That, when uh, big and power play can, can like be when done. big and power play they go really well yeah. together yeah um right you can like stack all these things and finish all these different goals at once and then it kind of goes back to what you were saying before it's like hey gothel already has eight trust well i've got three goals already so come out right. yeah right yeah. um like, especially compared, and I think this goes for all three of them, honestly, but especially when you go back and compare them to the base box characters, all three of these feel like they can move pretty quickly. Yes. Um, like, the overall state of the game is faster than it originally was. I think so, too. Um, I don't think Corella well, as I'm fast not... as the other two, um, but I definitely I do agree that they're overall faster. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think I'd like to try some of these against Maleficent. I feel Maleficent can be relatively fast. Um, uh, I mean, Maleficent can win almost instantly if you're not careful. Yeah, that's right. 
So, okay, so she's really, or even, I guess we shouldn't even mention Evil Queen. Um, Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Evil Queen, Facilier, uh, are all probably the three fastest. Hey, Maleficent could beat (laughs) Evil Queen pretty hard. We're not talking tier list. Yeah, I So I I wouldn't call these three the slowest. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Go for it. I wouldn't call these three the slowest, but definitely, like, middle of the road in terms of speed like um, cruella is the slowest out of these three for sure yes but even she like to me feels faster than radigan or uh prince john or hook or any of these generally sort of middle range characters like she could keep up with them pretty easily uh, match yeah. her up against someone like Facilier, she may struggle. Match her up against someone like Jafar, and who knows? Right, uh, right. I, I have to say, I though, Maleficent against Evil Queen, holy crap. Oh, um, that'll be over in 15 no, minutes. No, like, Maleficent, like, Evil Queen, I don't think has any real counter, ma- or, like, no one can counter her except for Maleficent. That is the one character that by far, like, just wipes the floor. Um, like we'll just take just take Evil Queen and just take her little face, turn it well, into her face, and I could throw her out that. the window. I, I could understand uh, that logic because Evil Queen cannot fade. Yeah, that's that's her biggest yeah. problem. That is I, her I biggest problem it. in that yeah. matchup. Um, it is brutal. Um, uh, I like those those evil evil ladies. I know that's why I'm so glad about. I like Gothel. I. I struggle super hard in my fighting games to find female characters that I enjoy playing with because none of them, like, fit my play style in those games. But, like, Gothel is so up my alley. I now can, like, say that I actually have a female representative character I enjoy playing with in, like, the games. <laughs> it's it's great. That's it great. makes me feel and, good. And um, Cruella, too. I mean, yeah, I think they, too, for they sure. really hit it with, with two good female characters for, for this. No. And not just, yeah. like, oh, they're easy to win with, like, like Maleficent and Evil Queen, but like there's thinking and there's planning and stuff yeah, like that involved. Weirdly, and like I can't really speak much for Tangled because, like I said, I hadn't really watched a whole lot of it, but um, I do remember 101 Dalmatians really well. And the amount of planning and forethought that goes into playing her in Villainous, you like you follow that in the movie really well. Like there is a whole lot of really delicate stuff that goes into her operations in the movies and the fact that you have to be just as careful in the game with her is incredibly satisfying like yeah Yeah. it's so good i recently watched 101 dalmatians actually before i got the set and it's i 100 percent agree with you like the art specifically the the thematics yeah is so perfect yeah like with hell hall having the ability to do both of her really good actions at it um and all that stuff, I think, is really oh, yeah. just like a clever, yeah. clever way of doing it. Um, let me talk about my thoughts on Pete here, because I have some things to say. Go for it. Um, <laughs> I do, okay, before I preface everything I'm about to say, I still think Pete is a very well-designed character. I still think he's one of the best-designed characters in the game. However, I, um, I am very touting on what Ditto has spoken about his uh, game plan of, I want to move fast, but if I can't move fast enough... I am I am done so. Um, the the thing is is that Pete's whole thing is like he wants to try to accomplish these goals and like as fast as he possibly can because he can he can kind of combo them like you said, 
But the, what happens is once you start accomplishing a lot of the goals, the latter goals start becoming a little troublesome. So, like, it doesn't matter necessarily what those goals are. Um, they they can start to be a struggle because, so, like, let's say for God, for whatever reason, you decide to complete the items goal first. That's a lot of money you have to spend. You have to gain that money back to play, let's say, if you have to still complete the allies goals. You got to get the, the money to do that. You can get pretty power star pretty fast there, right there. Play a game. Let me tell you a little thing about playing the game. I want to go take that card and eat it. Y'all um, are going to see a video go up. Of in a, three weeks. Of a play, three a weeks, you will thing. see it. Uh, um, they uh, demonstrates just how hilarious play a game can be. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the thing with play a game is that I could see an early game probably being the card you should go for. Um, the problem, though, with play a game, though, is that when you discard a card that you need towards your goal, that card is in your discard pile. Now, granted, you do have parrots to get the cards back out, but guess what? Parrots cost money. Um, so it makes it difficult because the thing that happened in the game that you will see that Ditto and I played against each other, I um, I was trying to do play a game towards the end, and I had already put all three of my items I needed out and accomplished that goal. I actually oh, purposely no. did not play the last item so I can keep another three cost card in my deck as yeah. much as I possibly could. Um, okay. And then on top of that, uh, you also have to make sure that the you have Oswald some bandits in there. Um, no, Oswald, Oswald was out. Oswald but I actually was there went, twice, but yeah, he got rid of him. Yeah, I got rid of Oswald. <laughs> um, but that's the thing is that since I had bandits out for my allies' goals, or because I only had the, I did not have the 10 strength one, but I had the one in each location. Since I had so many bandits out there to do two of my goals, um, I was like, well, crap. I am stuck in a weird spot right now yep. um, where I have a lot of expensive cards out my board and I can't do that. I've also that run is... into the same thing yeah. before with the the, um, the items thing after I spent a bunch of money on allies. And then I'm like, crap, I have to get a bunch of money to play these items on top of just moving the damn things. Um and then I've also seen people struggle with that when they were playing Pete, where they were having issues just trying to make sure they can balance their goals out. Because I can, Ditto can attest that when I we played this game, I accomplished my first three goals super fast. And then after that, oh, it was that. a slog. It was nothing yeah, but trying to set myself up to play a game. The problem is that there's no way to discard the cards that you've played except for vanquishing right. exactly that is the that will always be pete's core issue is yeah. that once he's played because so much of his deck is these allies he's yeah. got what seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen allies yeah he's got yeah. a lot in yeah. his deck it's like half his deck is just allies and once they're on the board the odds like even if you are vanquishing the odds of you being able to get rid of them enough and shuffle your deck enough to really take advantage of those allies more than once is really low yeah. because a lot of the stuff that you would be using two or three allies to vanquish, you just want to airstrike as soon as you can anyway. Right. Right. And everything that you wouldn't want to airstrike is just a, you know, two power, you know, one ally will do this. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's it, yeah. That's the thing. It's like a lot of the heroes are low strength biggest issue is his board gets cluttered up so much and you play out to try to get the combos early and then you get to your last goal and you have nothing left to work with you have sneaky peats what is yeah. that gonna do 
<laughs> I do have to say the sneaky Pete mechanic and how that works with like play a game and other cards is really clever. Um, yeah. Um, way back in like the unboxing video, if you remember this, yes. uh, the uh, Stephanie, our sort of rep for the game, uh, mentioned that they designed Pete to kind of feel like a Magic the Gathering character. Oh, it definitely does. Uh, this is how. Yeah. Uh, this is this would be how. how. Um, <laughs> I love this card. I love everything about this card. It is very clever. Um, and uh, let me just tangent on this real quick. Because this is something that you'll notice. Uh, I don't know if it's in, as much in Gothel, but definitely with Cruella and definitely with Pete. They have done, changed one thing that I absolutely love. All of these draw X cards and then discard, they fixed. Um, it's now draw X and then discard X minus one, so yeah. that by yeah. playing the card that gives you the effect, you're not losing cards. Uh, the biggest issue that I've had for a long time is Maleficent's draw three, discard three condition. Uh, Ursula's draw three, discard three condition. Yeah. Uh, is uh, that you end up losing cards on average playing those conditions. With Sneaky Pete and Mischief and what have you, all of a sudden, you're not... Like, you're keeping that extra card. So you're not there's a little bit less of a cost towards using that effect. I didn't even if that think makes about sense. That. Uh, but that is something like even up until uh, Beauty Sleep, in a way, kind of does that a little because it's a play one card, but you draw two later. Yeah. Um, right. Does kind of fix it. But this is the first set where they really kind of gung hoed on always trying to keep the same net amount of cards. And that is so, so nice. It's called options, everybody. It's called options. It's so options. good. I was going to say that. It sounded like options. We need, a, so we need nice. an options emote in the Discord. We really, really do. Like, well, I, I might, I might it, try it to make so one. It feels so nice. Um, but no, I, I didn't even think about that. I didn't look as like... So in theory, like the way that's set up is that when you are discarding something, you are willingly doing that. The game is not forcing you to discard. Exactly. It's not forcing you to discard something. Like if you're drawing three and discarding three, it's going to be hard to decide what you want to keep at that point, especially right. if you only have like two other cards in your hand. Like what is going to be the most advantageous there? If you're allowed to keep one extra card after that, that opens up so many things especially for someone like pete who really needs that draw power it's yeah, he does. so 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 nice <laughs> wow wow i can't tell do you like that ditto and, like, even beyond <laughs> that and this is what makes it even better sneaky pete does not necessarily outright make you discard the card all right. you do right. is stuff it at the bottom of your deck where it's gone, yes, but you'll still get it back later. Or so at the top good. of your deck. <laughs> like, we'll stick it at the top and set up for play a game. Right. Like right. it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm so um, glad you love the character. It feels so good. And like, yeah, Pete's got issues, but ah. No, I yeah, because that's why I was prefacing. I was like, you know, I still think Pete is a very like still better design than a lot of the characters that we've gotten in the two expansions. Like, um, I, I won't go on that list. That's a list for another day, but like, he's definitely better than some, like at least one or two characters from both like evil or wicked to the core. I keep saying evil to the core. Um, and then, uh, evil comes prepared, but like, 
he's still a really good character. I think he's really fun, even with my frustrations. I will really admit, I got salty last night. I got so salty. It was <laughs> no, bad. I was getting salty for you. Don't yeah. worry. It was just uh, delaying the inevitable, seriously. That was awful. That game, y'all y'all have to see this. It's you, an, you may hour, have it's to, an at, hour worth of at nonsense. At this point, you may have to expedite putting that video out. Oh, I saw, it's already uploaded. It. It's uploaded. They're going to see it's, it. Oh, it's so miserable. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's a good match though. It was a fun match to say the least. Oh, it was incredible. I know. Yeah. But, um, well, I'm glad we all liked the set. It seems like I don't, I think the big, like, I mean, I keep saying options, but like, even like what you were saying, Ditto, I like the fact that they're taking the whole thing of, like, not just, like, options in terms of, like, spaces on the board. It's also things like, hey, we know characters need particular cards in their hand for them to accomplish their particular goals. So, like, what you're saying with Pete, making so he's not, like, raw discarding cards. Or, like, with Corella, it's like, you're not revealing cards then to get an ally or an item or whatnot, and then chuck it, or chuck the rest of them, and you'll lose a bunch of options. It's like, you're not, you're not losing stuff that you might need down the road, which is giving you options. Some people might not view it in a positive light, but I do, uh, because just essentially how these characters play, you definitely still want to be able to play those cards. Um, yeah. But yeah. And one thing about the set that I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but goes along with the options thing, is yes, they have all these different options, but also, yes, they kind of need all these different options. Yes. Because these are the most complicated characters this game has ever seen yes yeah. like without a doubt more than Jafar. number of steps you have to go through to get some of this stuff done like you have to think a turn or two or maybe even three turns in advance to get some of these strategies to really pop off and like that's all it, it's a whole new echelon of like mentality for this game yeah. Uh, and I think that's yeah. going to be probably the biggest challenge towards introducing it to the rest of this series so far, because I don't want to say the rest of the characters are super one note necessarily, but for the most part, you can pick out an optimal strategy for everybody else. I can't see that there's really going to be an optimal strategy for. Well, that well, that's what makes these characters good, because uh. I've because I've said this too in the Discord is what makes these characters fun. Like a lot of the characters, like yeah, they have one opt like a, optimal strategies, but there's more than one you know and the more than two maybe three with these characters there's definitely like i couldn't tell you with gothel like yeah get the hairbrush out but even with the hairbrush out like what is the setup plan the next turn or the turn after right. that like to you start have to think trust you know there's you, no you have like, to think really far thing. like setting things up yeah a lot with these characters and it's 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 nice. It's nice to have characters that you actually have to uh, set up in advance for that people won't automatically. Okay, we know what you're trying to do here. Right. Yeah. Do a little uh, chest fate storm. Uh, yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so I got one more question, and we'll end it on. We'll end the show on this. Um. So we we know there's going to be at least one more disney set probably two maybe a big box we won't go into that whole hypothetical discussion <laughs> shenanigans that way we i've beat that one to a dead horse although i love the conversation um <laughs> i so kind of going along with what you're saying ditto with the fact that the characters like because like the one of the common themes within the characters is like defeat a hero you know 
or have so like have these particular cards in this location or something like that. This set really broke the mold where that doesn't really exist. Um, with not trying to like say about oh what if these characters made it in like do you think the future characters are also going to operate like this or do you think they're going to go back to some traditional things um, to accomplish that I think it could be a bit of a blend okay um, and the reason I say that is because in case you guys missed the last couple of things there's a Marvel villainess coming out this year yeah um, ah, and I think I heard about that <laughs> a lot of the basic sort of defeat X hero stuff might be going more to them later. That makes sense. A little bit. Maybe. Um, here's the thing. We have Gaston as somebody who we know is kind of missing. Uh, Oogie Boogie. Uh, <laughs> Bring back the bag. Bring like, back at, the at bag. At this point, they have teased so much about him that I am not convinced that he won't come. He has to come. Um, Chernabog is still a really big thing that they could kind of play around with. Uh, I bet he I could have interesting gameplay. He could. He really could. Yeah. Uh, you should ask uh, Will Smith on the Discord what he's doing with uh, Chernabog, because he's doing a custom that's pretty rad. Okay. I might talk to okay. him. I'm um, curious. And for me, personally, Frollo. Yeah, I know. I know uh, you want your Frollo. Still a big, still a top pick. Uh, and all four of those that are like the most solid choices still have very, they have multiple ways you could look at their objectives, all of which don't necessarily revolve around the heroes. Right. Um, I think going forward on the Disney side, it's extremely likely that we'll keep seeing more of these characters that are, okay, here's the actual objective you want, and hey, if you happen to hit the heroes while you're at it, you know, good on you. Um, like making the heroes... Be... Oop, go ahead. I think it might be a little bit of a pendulum swing with the next expansion, maybe at least one that has some sort of defeat hero um, objective. Um, Gaston would be maybe an easy one if they just wanted to well, ignore Bell and do defeat Beast. Exactly. Although well, I, I think was, that would be a uh, cop out. On the last podcast, I actually thought the opposite. I thought Gaston's best thing would be centric around Bell. And if the Beast happens to get in the way, well, uh, got a few clubs for him. Right. <laughs> um, but and and that could work too. I just think that they may they may do a pendulum swing and at least throw may. us another defeat. Um, but as of now, what I am hoping for is that the next set is going to be kind of an early fall set, and that it's going to be the Halloween spooky pack. Give me the uh, bag. I still think a Halloween spooky pack with Chernabog, Horn King, and Oogie can be done really well. Um, Can Mim get in there so we get a female? Mim? Oh yes. Well, that's you know what I was thinking. That kick, Halloween kick the Horn King, get Madame Mim in here. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that too. Uh, she'd be hilarious fun. Uh, and for sure. Save Chernabog for the big box. Save Chernabog for the big box. That could work. Box. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Oogie would be the only one out of that set that would really have the strict defeat a hero besides maybe Mim. But even Mim, I mean. You guys have probably seen my custom at this I, point. I, I oh, played yeah, like custom. defeating it's pretty Merlin, good. yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of roundabout ways to do it. So I think avoiding the strict defeat X hero 
is definitely plausible. Do you think there's going to be any other characters that are going to have, like, say, the keep the cards at this location at the start of your turn type ordeal? Because um, I can think of one if they get in it, and I think it'd be clever how you would have to get it done. Who's that? Tremaine. Yeah. yeah. Ever since I played yeah. this expansion, yeah. I am really down for them trying to make a Lady Tremaine where it's the whole complex thing of don't make sure make sure Cinderella doesn't get to the ball, and you have like a stepsister or like or like have to marry the prince or something about make sure the slipper doesn't get to the prince or something like that. I think there yeah. can be something yeah. really clever done with that. And I would really and look forward to seeing it. It's hilarious that you're the one bringing Tremaine up when, back when we were first started talking about all this speculation stuff, I was the one that kept lobbying for Tremaine. Yeah, you I, convinced yeah. me. That is the one that I'm super so, convinced that she will I make could it. see her yeah. coming in. I think Tremaine would work well in a set with Gaston. I think so, too. Um, at some point in the future. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to try to keep some of my... Thoughts about some of that quiet because yeah, uh, we'll, we have we'll, all we'll the time need, in the we'll future. Need to wait, not get too crazy. Figure um, that one out. But, Aaron, do you have any thoughts? Uh, no, I, I think I just want more expansions. I, I'm a little nervous about Marvel coming out. I'm afraid that means the the death to the Disney line, but no, I hope not. The, I hope it well, means we that know it's... for sure that it's not the immediate death of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. We know that for that, sure. That it's that been confirmed. Be my my only plans, worry, but... Yeah. There are plans for more after Marvel. We just don't know how much. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> we don't know the future. Um, Many I will, great I, villains out there. Yeah, I will I will say this, and we'll end it on that Um, for in terms of this topic. I, After this set, I am very excited to see what they do with the rest of the characters. I think there's some really interesting mechanics that they oh, can without kind of a throw doubt. in. Um, Oogie and a dice mechanic would be beautiful. It needs to happen. If it doesn't happen, um, I, will, I will throw pitchforks. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I mean, you proved it uh, that the dice mechanic can be fun. Like, even if that's not exactly what they do, having some type of die mechanic... Like, having any sort of die mechanic in any character, but especially for Oogie because it's so pertinent... Yeah. Uh, ...would be the same degree of departure that I think they started with with this set. Yeah. I, I think uh, there's they're just introducing cool some new layers to the game, and I think that would be the next logical step. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. I, um, I'm looking forward to the future i hope the rest of you listeners are as well thank you so much this is our longest show believe it or not we've oh, gone on <laughs> for almost an hour and 30 minutes can, can you believe it I, I could easily believe it oh, uh, it's oh, been, it's been, there's been so much to talk about there's so much <laughs> i know there's so much to just, yeah, i just want to talk i just all i want to do i just want to have a podcast where we just talk about nothing but oogie boogie that's what i really want to do and drive everyone insane um no joke like we need to pick a weekend out at some point and just have a full like day-long live stream talking about this stuff yeah do a live show awesome yeah. you folks in the comments <laughs> we, will have to let us know if you'd be interested in a live podcast need to do something like that uh get some comment or interaction in here like uh i would dig it just make a big party out of it i i would enjoy it i think it'd be great um let us so know in the comments everybody yeah, seriously, this is a, this is Ditto's idea. I'm giving it all credits to Ditto. On this one. Um, uh oh. Oh yeah, no. This, yeah, all, everyone's gonna be that pointing at you now. South, everyone's fails. gonna be blaming me. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> um, they can't blame me. It'll be your fault. But uh, nah, it's okay. But anyway, we're gonna end the show there. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Aaron, for joining us. I, I'm glad that you're back on. It's always nice to have you. 
Um, thank you. Um, ditto. You know, as always, thank you for joining us. You're a great co-host. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, but until then, friends, until next time, stay wicked, and we'll see you folks on the next show.